they quite often dealt with patching up the enemy. Well, they quite often dealt with patching up the civilian population as well. Having this misconception that every veteran, and particularly every combat veteran, is damaged and all of them are, are coming apart with post-traumatic stress. They've got their mates' lives in their hands. They're also required to fight. They're under a lot of pressure and they carry a lot of responsibility. Welcome to the podcast where we track down Australian war veterans, have a chat with them and hear their stories. I'm Alex Lloyd and this is Life on the Line. They were building positions in there if for a fight. Happened to us, by the time anyone got to us, I think it was chaos. the weather was so bad, there would be no to boots full of blood. And the next thing I hear was alarms screaming. Very, very the soldiers didn't want to go into the ambushes, so they'd send the kids in first. And so he was sent in first into an ambush and he got shot in the stomach. It was very hard for me, very hard for my family. And the pain burst. Proud of the crew, proud it's of what kid. I've achieved and what I'm doing. The volunteer for service was in effect to put your life on the line. Beginning Monday, 22 October, is Voodoo Medics, an eight-part documentary by journalist Kristen Shorten, looking at life post-military for Special Forces Medics. Each episode will be available on the Daily Telegraph's website. Kristen has interviewed a range of former Special Forces Medics for this production, along with some of the operators they worked alongside. To talk about the upcoming documentary, I spoke with a couple of Kristen's interviewees, both of whom also former guests on this podcast, Mark Donaldson VC and Dr. Dan Prong. But first, I spoke with Kristen about the origins and goals of her passion project. I'm Alex Lloyd, speaking today with Kristen Shorten. Kristen, welcome to Life on the Line. Thanks, Alex. Kristen, you're working on a project that's on a topic near and dear to my heart. Can you tell me about it for the listener? I'm working on a project at the moment called Voodoo Medics, which is a documentary series about medics who served in Afghanistan attached to Australian Special Forces units. So you're doing a documentary on the medics that have been deployed with our special operations elements overseas. That's the Special Air Service Regiment, Second Commando Regiment. What has driven you to do this? Why is it an important production to make? Yeah, so specifically I'm focusing on the kilos who are attached to SAS and to Commando who served in Afghanistan. A lot of them have done other tours as well to Iraq and East Timor, but I'm really, I guess, looking at the Afghanistan conflict through their eyes. The reason this is an important project, I guess, is because nothing has really ever been done on the medics before. So this is an opportunity to celebrate, acknowledge and give credit to the medics for their efforts in Afghanistan. You know, a lot of them aren't very qualified, but they're serving alongside these special forces units and there is still a great level of expectation on them and they're still under a lot of pressure. So while they're not only required to fulfill, I guess, some element of the special forces role, they also have a lot of responsibility in their specific role as a support staff member. You know, they've got their mates' lives in their hands. They're also required to fight and, as I said, do some element of that special forces role. So look, there's huge, huge amount of expectation on these kilos they're under a lot of pressure and they carry a lot of responsibility and they are in a sense on the front line of the front line they are dealing with some of the highest levels of trauma they're exposed to and facing such a high degree of trauma so it was really important to me to do a project that looked at I guess 
an alternative outcome to PTSD. I'm looking at these guys who have faced probably the most trauma, arguably, of any other element of the Australian military, how they prepared for it, how they responded to it, and how they transitioned post-military and adjusted to life post-deployment and uh, where they're at now. Because you make the key point there, they're the front line of our front line. They're not only deployed with these guys, which are in the heaviest of combat situations and seeing the most intense action, but they're having to deal with the situations when their brethren, their brothers are injured, sometimes horrifically, sometimes fatally, and they're having to work within that stressful environment to try and save their team. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, they're working obviously in those hostile, austere environments. They're trying to keep up with the special forces troop or squadron or platoon. They, I guess, you know, there's a high expectation on them to perform their role, but also to perform an element of the special forces operator role. And they are also, I guess, in a sense, humanitarians in that they're not only looking after their own teammates, but they're also required to treat the Afghan civilians, which in itself, the level of trauma there can often exceed that which they face in treating their teammates and also patch up the Taliban. Like they've got an incredibly, I guess it's a really uh, special role that they have because they are looking after casualties on every side. Who are some of the medics and other guests you have on the upcoming doco? A really incredible group of some of the best medics to have deployed with special forces to Afghanistan. So among them are some really incredibly experienced, highly decorated, well-respected, well-regarded and really positive representatives of the units that they came from. Your former guest Dan Pronk is one of them. We also have some fantastic operators involved in the documentary talking about the medics from their perspective, including Dono and Bram Connolly, who both former guests of yours. And there are a few other people involved in the documentary as well, which I'll probably won't say too much about at the moment, but really just giving a lot of different perspectives on the medic's role, the role that they performed, the job that they did, and reflecting on the trauma that they faced and how well they handled it. What has inspired your passion to do this project? Definitely a passion project. So it's something that I've wanted to do for about four years, actually, and kind of got put on the back burner. But uh, my husband's a former commando. So I guess if we start at the beginning, he was probably the inspiration for it. My husband and our friends within the special operations community, including medics, who have showed such strength and resilience and post-traumatic growth as a result of or in spite of their military service and their deployments to Afghanistan, PTSD is a very real thing, but it's also not the only outcome of military service and deploying to these places. So I really wanted to, I guess, present a different narrative or perhaps a more accurate reflection of the veteran community that there are a lot of veterans who come back and do positively process and deal with the trauma that they faced and readjust well to civilian life and go on to thrive in the private sector or in their personal lives and just really experience post-traumatic growth which is when they grow as a result of the trauma that they faced because while PTSD is real and serious and you know we have friends who have suffered from PTSD it's not the only outcome of military service not all veterans are broken or damaged 
there is that strong discourse, I guess, or public narrative that a lot of veterans are really struggling when they come back. And it's just not a true reflection of the community overall, especially this special operations community. I think a lot of guys come back and do really well post-military. So I really wanted to shine a light on that. And um, yeah, you know, my husband is a great example of resilience and our friends, as I said. So yeah, it was just important for me to tell a story about those themes and also acknowledge these medics in the process. Voodoo Medics, when is it out and where is it out? Yeah, Voodoo Medics will be published by the Daily Telegraph. We are looking to publish it just ahead of Invictus Games. So with Invictus Games coming up, you know, that's really focusing on veterans overcoming their physical injuries. And Voodoo Medics is about veterans overcoming their psychological injuries. So just a really great fit. And there's a lot of excitement around Invictus Games. So we thought it was a really perfect time to launch this project. Anyone interested should definitely visit the dailytelegraph.com.au. Kristen, thank you for your time today. My pleasure, Alex. Before we get to my chats with Mark and Dan about Voodoo Medics, here are clips from each of their earlier episodes on this podcast. As a former SAS operator, Mark spoke to me about the high-intensity combat situations they faced. From number 36, Mark Donaldson, VC. People will die. It might be you. It might be your mate. It might be the brand new guy. It's going to happen at some stage because there's lots of bullets that fly around or there's, there's dangerous work that we do. Dan Pronk is a former Special Forces doctor. He touched on some of the themes in Kristen's documentary in his interview on this show with Sharon Maskeldare. From number 31, Dr Dan Pronk, Volume 1. Certainly I'd been part of medical teams that had lost people in the past, but it was always in a hospital environment and it still hits home to a degree, but it was just a whole different level when it's someone you know, someone who you've had breakfast with, you know, the day before. And also when you're the one everyone's looking to as the person who's going to save this situation and and you simply can't. And from number 31, Dr Dan Pronk, Volume 2. I knew that at some point I was going to need to deal with all the events that had happened leading up to there. I knew that I would go from that fast-paced life to a much slower-paced life. Mark and Dan get into these topics in great substance in Kristen's documentary, and to hear their thoughts, you have to watch Voodoo Medics. But in the meantime, these are my recent phone calls with them about the documentary. Mark, thanks for coming back on Life on the Line. Thanks for having us back, Alex. It's an absolute honour and it was fun the last time and it's really good to be back again this time. Well, I'm glad to be talking with you on a very important topic today, that of uh, Kristen Shorten's documentary Voodoo Medics. So, Mark, Voodoo Medics is an Australian first for its focus on medics. What is it about the contribution of medics and doctors, particularly in the special forces context, that makes this production so important? First and foremost, there hasn't really been much coverage of what those guys and girls did, um, you know, in particular the Special Forces medic. Considering, you know, in Afghanistan, primarily it was the Special Forces that were taking the majority of the casualties. It shows how important those medics were, and I think, you know, just the fact to highlight there's different aspects of that job. When people say Special Forces or Special Operations, everything gets wrapped into that. So not just the operators or the soldiers, but the medics, the signalers, the logisticians. You know, the JTACs, if they're separate attachments, you know, the, the ones who talk to the planes and et cetera. And I think that to be able to single these guys out in particular is really, really special because they're the ones that when everything goes bad, you kind of need them around. As soon as people start getting holes in them from bullets and whatnot, you really need those those people on your side and you want the best ones on your side. And, you know, we were lucky enough with an end, and certainly my time within Special Forces was to be able to have some of the best, what I would say, the best medics in, in the nation at the time, you know, fighting alongside of us. and 
and it's not just they're there to help us or patch us up. You know, they are le- legitimately fighting alongside of us and, and to treat us if something does go wrong to not only either save life or limb, but also just to make sure that we're going to be able to do our job, even if it's back on the base. And that's in a really important um, aspect of it as well. Absolutely, because I would never want to rank or compare service in any particular respect. But as you just said, you're as an operator, you are out there in those toughest of combat conditions. And the medics and doctors, they are as well, but they have that extra challenge of in that incredible high pressure environment in the context of asymmetric warfare, that they've got the added responsibility of keeping you guys alive, keeping you patched up. Yeah, that's right. And and you know, there's another element to the medics which I think is very dynamic and complex is they quite often dealt with patching up the enemy. They quite often dealt with patching up the civilian population as well. You know, uh, for example, you know, if we, we came into a, a village or, or after our, our mission, we may have been waiting around or we had some time. The medics would quite often start to tend to the local population, you know, whether it was someone was sick or they noticed someone had a broken arm and they could they could look, try and fix it or, or at least let them know where they can go and get it fixed or, you know, those sorts of things. Or if it was something a bit more traumatic, such as what Dan Pronk came across when a local or a civilian car full of, you know, a granddad, a family hit an IED, you know, not too far away from them and they saw it happen. You know, to go down there and respond to that and be responsible for that as well. And that's a very, very different element. It's a very, very different dynamic, you know. It's not just treating the people you were just fighting. It's actually treating the people that you're fighting in and amongst as well as the ones that you're fighting with. And, and I think that brings with it a very special attitude, very special character and, and some really remarkable training that comes with it. It makes complete sense, but the absolute pursuit of the Hippocratic Oath in that they're not just treating you guys, they're not just treating the innocent bystanders, but sometimes they would have to treat, as you've said, those they're exchanging fire with. Did that happen a lot in circumstances you witnessed? Yeah, once or twice, for sure. You know, I mean, I'm sure the medics can certainly describe those situations better than I can, but, you know, I remember a few times where they came across people that had obviously been in a gunfight, but, you know, were no longer a threat. So they, you know, and often we did as well, but more so, you know, let the medics treat it because they were the experts in that field, you know, with the assistance of one of our, um, what we call a PAFA, which was like a patrol medic, to work on those people and give them the medical care that was required. There's an element that I think with the medics, they bring this element of humanity. And it's not that soldiers don't have that, because we, we certainly do, but there's a unique aspect that the medics bring is about that humanity to remember that we're all human. And, you know, once the fighting's done, that we're all human. I think that uh, is a really, really key element, that along with the humour that they bring with it. And, you know, they're notorious for their black humour and their dark humour. And, um, and I think that that has a lot to play with what they bring to that team dynamic and that team environment. The ability to have a laugh at things that you would not normally laugh at uh, or that others might find distressing or shocking is, you know, again, it really lifts morale and it just adds that element of difference and uniqueness to what they bring to the patrol or what they bring to the team. Well, talking about the humanity of the situation, we're starting to see a new narrative emerge in the public discourse around veterans, post-traumatic growth over post-traumatic stress. And that's a theme, I think, very prevalent in Voodoo Medics. On that topic, what lesson do you hope viewers of the documentary walk away with? Yeah, look, I think that this rhetoric around, not rhetoric, but this, this different vernacular around post-trauma is very, very interesting. And I can't think of a subset of or group different than the medics that would have seen as much trauma as they have, certainly physical trauma as well as mental trauma. Now, there's different aspects to that, but let's just take that for what it is, you know, seeing the physical trauma side of it as one aspect. For them to be able to see what they've seen and done what they've done and dealt with their friends and people that they've served and trained alongside and then had to 
you know, try and keep them alive because they've been blown apart by an OD and they've lost their legs or, or they've been torn in half or something like that. To then, you know, be patching up a civilian or to then be patching up an enemy, to then come back to, to you know, what people call normal life or come back to our take on what civilization is, to then just fit back into the norms of society. I think if anyone's going to have issues, you know, you, would, you could sort of say, well, it would be the medics, yet a lot of them I know of, you know, they may have their struggles, but they've grown and they've become really, really strong people. That brings it back around those words post-traumatic growth is in you can really let and define those events that happen to you, you know, change you forever in a bad way or stop you from achieving things or stop you from doing things or you can use it for your strength of character and your resilience and your ability to be able to grow from that experience and realize that that was a unique opportunity, a unique gift to be able to develop and become better. And I think post-traumatic growth is something that we should probably speak more about if we want to discuss positivity if we want to discuss people getting better from their experiences and people growing and, and learning that that's what it was it was an experience and what you do with every experience is try and learn and grow from it and you now the medics are a fantastic example of that they certainly are i think there are some truly inspiring role models in this production that viewers can look up to yeah definitely you know i mean guys like dan pronk and john walter and brad white who i've all served with you know myself but many many others have as well uh, and plus the other uh, individuals that are in there you know, my take on it is listen to their stories, put yourself in that position and then go, well, what is it that they learned from that that made them strong? And is there something in my life that I've experienced that has been either traumatic or hard or difficult that you've never really gotten over? And maybe take on some of the things that they talk about and they see and do and go, well, you know what, it's potential I can grow from this rather than let it be a block, um, be a stoppage for those things in life. You just got to get up and you got to get on with it. You got to, you got to be the master of those own thoughts, become the boss of those things and get on with life and start making it better for the situation that you're in. Absolutely. Well, Mark, it is always a pleasure. Thank you again for coming on the show, and I look forward to seeing the full documentary with the rest of the public. No, look, I urge everyone to get a hold of it, have a look at it when it comes out. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting and, and some very good stories there for some people to listen to and, and see how people have dealt with things and see another aspect of you know the military that doesn't get a lot of recognition. So thank you. Dr. Dan Pronk, welcome back to Life on the Line. Yeah, cheers, Alex. Great to be back. So, Dan, I want to chat about this upcoming production you're in, Voodoo Medics. Voodoo Medics is an Australian first for its focus on medics. What is it about the contribution of medics and doctors, particularly in the special forces context, that makes this production so important? Yeah, look, I I think it's a, a relatively untold story, to be honest. And certainly a lot of people that I've met since my time with special operations as a a doctor in support of them have been completely unaware that special operations had doctors attached to them and and dedicated medics, and certainly unaware that some of these medical assets would actually project forward into the field to be there at point of injury. So I think it's a, a relatively untold story. It's a relatively good news story in the broader scheme. I know there's a, a lot of negative uh, rhetoric surrounding the people coming back from Afghanistan and, and lots of the, the post-traumatic stress. And it's very important that that story be told for sure, because there's, there's a lot of struggling veterans that do need that help. But I think it's nice to balance that out, particularly with the Invictus Games coming up, which is another great news story for our, our wounded soldiers being able to get out and excel again in another field. I think the voodoo medicine story is is just one that's a, it's a very positive story for uh, cumulative contribution to the special operations task group in Afghanistan. And great to recognise the work yourself and medics did on that front line and that you're not just on the front line beyond the wire with them, but you're operating under incredible pressure 
to try and provide medical support in the most difficult of circumstances. Yeah, look, certainly. And I mean, it was a, and I think I speak for all of us, uh, certainly for myself, it was, a, it was a true privilege to be a part of that construct and from myself personally to be in a position as a, a doctor to have that privilege of leading medics in a special operations unit on a wartime footing and to be able to use our skill set in the ultimate challenge of the forward combat environment. It was really the stars aligned for us during that period of time in Afghanistan when tactical medicine had really evolved and the Americans were really pushing forward in the capabilities like arterial tourniquets, hemostatic dressings, all the, the tactics and uh, techniques and procedures that allowed us to be more effective at dealing with war wounds at the point of injury to preserve life in, in what they came to term the Platinum 10, so the 10 minutes after wounding where you had a chance to intervene. And so it really was, I mean, I used the term privileged a lot and that's exactly how I see it. it it was, I was in the, the right place with the right units at the right time to really be a part of that voodoo medicine movement, which was, was just fantastic and just a, a brilliant bunch of guys and girls that, that I had the chance to work with both Australian uh, military and also the international counterparts that we worked and trained and operated with. So, yeah, look, just a, a fantastic part of my life and, and it's been truly a, a fundamental experience and, and has basically made me who I am today. Well, speaking of what's made you who you are today, we're seeing a new emerging narrative in the public discourse around veterans, post-traumatic growth over post-traumatic stress, a theme which is very prevalent in voodoo medics. On that topic, what lesson do you hope viewers of the documentary walk away with? Yeah, look, you're quite right. And I mentioned it earlier, post-traumatic stress, it's critical that we get that out there. And I think we have. I think the Australian and the US uh, population and, and internationally are really starting to recognise the psychological trauma and the sequelae of that that's associated with war particularly. But also, I hope that they're starting to realise that it's just not exclusive to, to soldiers. I mean, other first responders that have this cumulative stress and trauma over a long period of time are uh, highly likely to develop post-traumatic stress. It's a normal human response to abnormal stressors and abnormal exposures to situations that the average person, thankfully, doesn't need to face throughout their life. But I think we run the risk here of the general public by broadly publicising post-traumatic stress, having this misconception that every veteran, and particularly every combat veteran, is damaged and all of them are, are coming apart with post-traumatic stress. And look, some are, but I think it's important to recognise that the vast majority of, of people who suffer from a degree of post-traumatic stress post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, it's a temporary condition and most of them will recover from that. A minority deteriorate and, and get stuck in that PTSD cycle and these are the ones that really need our support, help and attention. But for the most part, people manage to process that trauma and work through it and then a, a percentage of them actually come out the other end with what, what we now term post-traumatic growth. And so basically having lived through and experienced these horrendous situations, seeing how bad things can get after they've had the chance to process that. And processing that trauma is, is multifactorial. There's a, there's a lot of social supports. There's a lot of the person's underlying personality factors. There's the physical health of the person. There's, there's so many factors that play into whether or not uh, someone who suffered trauma is going to have a good outcome and, and potentially even lead to post-traumatic growth. But those they do, and I consider myself in this category, you eventually come out the other end of it. And what you come to realize is, is just 
how good life is and, and you, you start to appreciate the things around you that you took for granted prior. And so by having these really horrendous experiences, it makes you realise how bad life can get. And then when you get back to what we consider a normal life, you realise it's, it's really outstanding. So you, it's, it is quite literally, we've all heard the term, you know, what doesn't kill you uh, only makes you stronger. And, and, and that's the case. You come out of it more appreciative, more appreciative for your family, uh, more appreciative for your kids, because you've seen how bad some kids in the world have got it. You've seen the kids that get caught up in the in the crossfire in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, caught by the roadside bombs. And you really see the world through a different lens. And that's what post-traumatic growth is all about. Well, I think it's going to be a very telling documentary to have yourself and and your colleagues on the show. Dan, thank you for your insight and for your time. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, Alex. Don't miss Voodoo Medics. And if you haven't already, make sure you've listened on this podcast feed to my conversation with Mark Donaldson, VC, and Sharon Maskell-Dare's two-part conversation with Dr. Dan Pronk. Thanks go to Kristen, Mark, and Dan for coming on the podcast. Find them all on Instagram at Kristen Shorten, at Dan Pronk, and at Mark Donaldson VC. And this podcast is at Life on the Line Podcast. Check out www.lifeonthelinepodcast.com for more. On social media, we'll be sharing further material about Kristen's show. On the last two Tuesdays and next Tuesday, we are publishing veteran panel discussion podcasts on topics such as returning home, PTSD, and life after service. Be sure to give them a listen. Life on the Line is brought to you by Thistle Productions. Artwork by Big Cat Design. Music by Dan Van Werkhoven. Thanks for listening. We're going to close out now with the audio from the Voodoo Medics trailer. Lest we forget. Cut my hair down into a mohawk and grew a, a goatee beard and, and I guess outwardly I was, was felt myself just being one in the same with that role of a, of a, a combat doctor just operating purely uh, mechanically in that function, all, all emotion was, uh, I kind of had to remove that from myself at the time. The Kilo stood for a medic. They're the ones we kind of love the most when we need them, um, but the ones we don't always think about when we don't need them. The helicopter would, would flare and hit the deck and, and by that time it was sort of a fever pit. Almost feeling like that saving private rhyme where you see the dirt sort of exploding around you, that was exactly what it was like. There's times where you're the, the medical bloke on the spot where you've got a friend of yours injured or dying in front of you and you're it. That's where the concept came from. Unconventional medicine, unconventional warfare. Voodoo medics will do the voodoo so you can do what you do. The trauma they see is exponential. Um, they're there to save our lives. There's not many other jobs like them in the military that are so critical when that time comes. It definitely brought us closer. Yeah, at least the person who saved my life. If you can't be saved by a medic in the field in Afghanistan, you weren't going to be saved. Simple. And I looked at Neo, he said, Sean's home. Yeah. Yeah, you're just waiting for that moment. You, know, you get that that feeling of you know, butterflies in your stomach and just that feeling of you know, nausea, just hearing that as one of your own boys being injured. Uh, this was the first and, and luckily the last time that I had uh, lost an Australian soldier uh, at my hands. When the young men go to war, some die. Yeah. Your state is not yours. And when it is, you've got to live with it.
spent about half an hour sewing up her chest and, and trying to get her back to some sort of, you know, as good as we could. I was, I was ready for this a long time ago. This is a gift. This is a gift of strength. This is a gift of power and this is a gift of resilience. If I can deal with this, right, then, then I should be able to deal with anything.